All right, good morning, church family. I invite you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, and then we're going to be going over to Colossians chapter 1. I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be jumping around a lot. I invite you to take notes, go back and review, whatever you need to do to be able to uh, learn from God's Word, make sure that you write that down. So Galatians 3 and Colossians chapter 1. Being that today is Father's Day and that we're actually talking about wisdom today, thought it would be uh, wise to uh, share some dad wisdom for you to, to get us started. Maybe these are some tips that you want to write down as well. Fatherhood is presenting uh, or pretending the present you love most is soap on a rope. Remember, what dad really wants is a nap. Really. <laughs> Dad's grilling rules number one, dad is in charge. Rule number two, repeat rule number one. A dad was given $100 and told, buy yourself something that will make your life easier. So he went out and bought a present for his wife. <laughs> having children is like having a bowling ball or bowling alley installed in your brain. Right? <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Like, wait, what? How does that work? That's kind of the way that it is. Fatherhood is great because you can ruin someone from scratch. Right, like we we teased Trevor on how he was like uh, our trial and error guy, you know. But we definitely had it figured out by the fourth. We only have three, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> we only have three. There's that. There should be a children's song. If you're happy and you know it, keep it to yourself and let your dad sleep. <laughs> Which my kids do a really good job of that. I can sleep in the living room for an hour or two with not even a question. Mom just has to blink, and they're like, hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Yeah, that works out good for me. <laughs> a father carries pictures where his money used to be, right, in his wallet. Jerry Lewis said, when I was a kid, I said to my father one afternoon, Daddy, will you take me to the zoo? He answered, if the zoo wants you, let them come get you your, themselves. <laughs> Dads. We're an interesting breed, aren't we? No wonder the Lord uh, created men first, because it just took them longer to like, figure out some of the weird nuances of, of men and how we think. And, and ladies, I'm here to tell you that we don't think wrong. Uh, we think different than you, okay? There's a difference between the way that men think and the way that women think. And it is a good thing that we think the way we do. And here's how I know. Because God created us the way that he created us. We are created in his image the way that you wonderful women are created in his image. And it is a joy and a privilege to know and have men in my life that guide me and encourage me. What a blessing it is to have a, a man of faith Somebody that will look at an opportunity to sin and say, no, not today. Have an opportunity to do something they shouldn't do, and they say, no, I'm not going to go that direction. doesn't mean it's easy. It just means it's wise. As we began our series, 
guiding light. We started with how God gives us the Holy Spirit. And then last week, we looked at how the Holy Spirit shows us truth. Usually, I give you a preview, or not a preview, but like a review of what we've talked about. Today, I want to spend all of our time on the whole, how the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Wisdom. If you're taking notes, you want to write down that word, wisdom, and just stare at it. I've been staring at it for quite some time. I've been hitting it extra hard this week. I've had so many great, uh, great, great input from many of you that I was just messaging and talking to throughout the week, trying to figure out what is wisdom. And as I've gone through this journey of learning, I am not even close to understanding wisdom. But at least I have a concept from God's word that I think that will be beneficial and helpful. So I pray in the name of Jesus that, uh, that, that the wisdom will reach you uh, and bypass me if need be. Uh, as far as my words and presentation, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. But what does that look like? Today we're going to look at two, different, uh, two differences or the differences between what I would call two platforms of wisdom. In scripture we see that there is man's wisdom, that's a platform of wisdom, and there's God's wisdom. Man's wisdom would also be uh, looked at as the wisdom of the world, uh, perhaps maybe of the flesh. We're looking at it as man's wisdom. And God's wisdom, divine wisdom, holy wisdom, perfect wisdom, the way to go wisdom. And I get that from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You've heard this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Interchangeably wisdom. Do not lean on what you think you know. Lean on what God knows he knows. Put all of your efforts in true wisdom. All throughout scripture we see stories of people who were seeking guidance and struggling to understand how to follow God, how to treat each other, what to do about their enemies, and how to make the world better. So there were laws, lots and lots and lots of laws. By the end of the New Testament there were 613, not even the end of the New Testament, going or the Old Testament, going into the New Testament where the Pharisees would Follow the law of the land, right? Like, follow all the laws. 613 possibly more laws that they had to know and that they followed, and they made it all about what they did and how they behaved. And yet, even when they followed all the laws, they messed it up because it was more about getting doing it right than it was doing it wisely or doing it well. And so they followed this, well, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be carrying that on the Sabbath, you shouldn't, and it was all about no, 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 no. Don't you just love those people in your life? There's a place for them. It's just not a daily place <laughs> when you have people like that. The law, the law is a, a powerful thing but these laws weren't designed to control or restrict people, but rather the law was designed as guardrails, uh, help, trying to show us that you can't do this on your own. And Israel proved it, people, humanity, we prove it over and over and over again. No matter how many laws God gave us, no matter how clear and specific there were, and there were some very specific laws, if you're going to go into the temple, make sure you wipe your feet 14 to 42 times and then go over there and touch the wall and do this. There are all these things. That's not in the Bible. I'm being dramatic. But there's so many different things that if you're going to hold this bull, it has to be certain. And all these very specific things on how you're going to approach 
God. And only certain people that were actually able to approach the earthly presence of God. And so it was just very, very difficult. And yet people tried so hard to follow the law because they figured, man, I know all the laws. I follow them perfectly. Therefore, God must be good with me. We must be tight. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. After centuries of God's people continuing to harm each other and walk away from God, here's what God said through the prophet Ezekiel. And let me just read this to you. It'll be on the screen. Ezekiel 36, 27. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Jesus referred to this great work of spiritual transformation through the new covenant when he spoke of being born again in John chapter 3. Paul spoke of it when he wrote of, of believers being new creations in Jesus Christ in 2 Corinthians. This idea that, hey, time out, you can't do it. You keep trying to do it, but you're not able to do it. But there will be a time, and this was specifically written to Israel, but also very applicable to every believer, that I'm going to put my Holy Spirit inside of you, and only then will you even be able to follow regulations and obey me. As humans, our problem, uh, our problem is our tendency to choose what is harmful. We just seem to drift towards dumb choices. Have you ever noticed that? It's almost like it's just come so easy, natural, if you will, that we wake up and we're like, what dumb thing can I do today? <laughs> And then you repent, and then you go to sleep and wake up as though yesterday never happened, and we don't learn. But we have a tendency to do what is harmful, destructive, and sinful instead of what is good, wise, and godly. Instead of keeping it simple and doing what God calls us to do, we make decisions based on. So instead of trying to please God and follow him, we try to uh, make decisions solely based on money, people-pleasing, Fear, doubt, insecurities. Well, I just figured it was better for me to go this direction because I wasn't ready to be a parent. Or I decided to do this thing because it just made sense financially. And when you look at it, say, well, what does God say about it? Well, I know what God says about it, but uh, he, he understands my situation. He wouldn't want me to be, ready for this, he wouldn't want me to be unhappy and so we focus all these decisions based on what's going to bring me the most happiness. And then we get all wrapped up in, oh, I know what I need to do. I need to attain these things, and then I'll be happy. God wants me to be happy. I'm reading a book right now that my wife read a while back, and she said, you should read this. And uh, I'm just now getting to it. And it's uh, Sacred Marriage. Melinda got this for us, Melinda and John. And uh, what if marriage was designed to make you holy more than happy? And I was like, shoot, <laughs> that's intense. What if God, in his infinite wisdom, says, I'm going to pour my spirit. It's going to come after you. Remember uh, week one? It's going to come inside of you as a believer, and then it can come upon you. What if, I'm, what if God's placing his spirit inside of us? to make us holy more than he's worried about us being 
happy. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to enjoy things. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But this idea of happen, of happying, of being happy, and, it, and happiness being solely fixed on our happenings, things that happen, and so our happiness goes up and down. But what if God wanted us to truly just be holy, and he was more convinced, like he was wanting us to convince us that holiness was, in fact, the goal? That sounds like countercultural wisdom to me. Man's wisdom, do what feels good, do whatever you want. God's wisdom is follow me, follow me. And that sounds restrictive, but in fact, it's very freeing. For a long time, God gave us the law to help us make good choices, but that had never been the permanent plan. So for us to have like this idea of the law, uh, there's a sense that the law was our guardian. And here's where I get this from. This brings us to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 23. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You can also follow along on the screens if you choose. Galatians 3, verse 23. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us before Jesus came, died on the cross, rose again. We were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed to us. They knew that it was coming, that there was something coming. Prophecy shared that with them, but it was not quite available yet. The law was our guardian. You're going to want to underline that word guardian until Christ came. Uh, some translations might use the word trainer, trainer or guardian. It protected us until we could ma be made right with God through faith. And now the way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. So let's look at this word guardian. Uh, so so the, when we talk about somebody being our legal guardian, we would understand that in terms of parenting and child raising and things like that. And so when you think about this idea of guarding, it's the same concept. A legally appointed overseer authorized to train or bring up a child by administering discipline, uh, administering instruction, doing what was necessary to promote development. So the law was used to be our legal guardian, to watch over, to kind of be an overseer, to kind of keep us in line, if you will. There was definitely discipline in place. There was instruction in place through the law, like the big picture, the law it was. But because Jesus came, we no longer need the law to oversee us. We are now, you ready for this transition? This is so cool. The law was our guardian, our legal guardian. They had custody of us. And then when we became legally adopted, woo, into the family of God, game over, we now report directly to, in spirit, to the Father himself. We are no longer just in care. We are in a family. You see the difference? You see where it came from? You see, it started off as though, listen, this is going to be like, we're just going to have this overseer, this law, and then it's going to be this transition. When the way of faith comes, you choose to follow Christ, and you are adopted into this family, and you have complete access to the Spirit of God, which gives us 
wisdom. Now, I know the question is, what is wisdom? We're going to get there. When Jesus showed up, lived, died, and rose again, he gave us a new way of relating to God and dealing with our sin. He gave us direct access to God. That's why the veil in the temple was torn. Remember that from Easter, where the veil was torn, Jesus died, the veil torn down the middle, representing that now we have complete access to God, but the, the, the presence, the earthly presence of God left that one single spot, and in all believers now lives in little mobile temples, you and me, and we are supposed to carry that good news forward. Hey, I have a family now, and I want you to know about the family that I'm a part because you can be a part of it too. It's the difference. It's not just, it's not just a, a group of people together. It's, it's a relationship. It's a relational family that come together that within the church, the way this is supposed to work, that if one person in here is hurting, the church comes around to do whatever they can to help that person no longer hurt or struggle, and then help them along their way, encouraging them, showing them ways to where they don't have to struggle any longer. That's what a family does. So when Jesus came, he provided that for you and for me. Only faith in Jesus can do that. We are no longer under the law. We are now under grace. But there's something else Jesus came to do. He came to send us the Holy Spirit to live not just in the world, but also within us. In another letter, so Paul wrote in Galatians, in another letter, he writes to another group of Christians. Paul told them how, to, uh, how he had been praying for them, and here's why. Now we're in Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse, uh, verse 9. Colossians 1, verse 9. So we have not stopped praying for you, since we first heard about you, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Did you notice that? When the Lord gives you this wisdom, this insight, this indwelling of the spirit, then you'll be able to honor and please the Lord with your lives and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as, as you learn to know God better and better. This is a great example of what you're supposed to do with this idea of making disciples here, make disciples, is that you're supposed to grow in your faith. You are not supposed to remain where you started. Everybody, everybody, I'd imagine in the whole world, okay, logical thinkers would know that if once a child is born, if in five years that child is the same, the same child, drinking out of the same bottles, having to be changed the same diapers, and you would say there's something different here, you would even use the word wrong, Something's not developmentally correct here. And yet, we're okay with baby Christians to sit in a glorified nursery for 20 years and be like, well, they're on their own journey. There's something wrong. Something's disconnected. You're, developmental, uh, you're developmentally delayed. Something is not going the way it should go. So you need to seek guidance, not excuses. 
hey, what's going on? I've been following Jesus for 10 years, I thought, and I'm not going any, any further. I'm not growing. I'm, nothing's changing, no transformation. Well, let's start at the basics. When did you choose to follow Jesus? Oh, since I was born. Let's, um, let, let's start again. <laughs> let's start again. Let me introduce you to the good news, uh, and then I want you to be able to decide this for yourself. We need to be moving forward. Your wisdom needs to increase, not decrease. Your wisdom needs to keep going forward because of the spirit that lives inside of you. The one thing Paul said he constantly prayed for was that they would be filled with wisdom and understanding. But not just any wisdom. He was asking for the wisdom given by the spirit of God. See the contrast? So I'm not just asking that you get wisdom but wisdom that comes from the Spirit of God. Don't just have man's wisdom. You're now being transformed by the renewing of your mind, God's wisdom. The Holy Spirit can show us what God wants us to do. He can, which means that you should ask him, what do you want me to do, Lord? Have you ever had something so, so silly where you're just not really sure what to get somebody as a gift? Have you ever had a moment where you just pray about that? You should, because God has amazing ideas. I mean, fantastic ideas where you just, Lord, what would you have me do? And then you hear something, you go, huh, okay. And then you just follow that plan out. And who? I, I've done this time and time again, and somebody says, man, how did you know? I, I, don't, I didn't know, I just, you know, and then instructs, listen, I pray over you, and I, and I want something great for you. And so God gave me this idea. It's not weird. It's not weird when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. It's, it's, it's supposed to be like that. It's actually supposed, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, you can insert that word weird when it doesn't happen. Wait a second, you're following Jesus and yet there's no life change. There's no interaction with the Spirit. Like what's going on here? And I'm talking about biblical interaction with the Lord. I'm not talking about crazy, emotional, like, weird, like there's that word weird again. There's a lot of weirdness in, in religious stuff. And so I'm not talking about off-the-wall stuff. I'm talking about just follow, see what God's word says, and allow the Spirit to show you that truth. He convicts us when we're getting it wrong. You know that moment when you go, ugh, should I? Um, and you know what that pause is for? To find a justification, we pause to justify, don't we? We pause to justify. Well, if I do, okay, well, sometimes we think it through. Sometimes we try to justify it. Uh, but, 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 but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and, and says, hold on, time out. Listen, if nothing else, just wait and be patient. He gives us wisdom and understanding and helps us live a life that pleases God. It is impossible to, to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Trusting the Lord, having the wisdom to follow him. Wow, this is intense, right? Wisdom? We haven't even got there yet. What is wisdom? What is wisdom exactly? You probably are expecting a definition, the things that I heard during the week. You're probably expecting a specific thing. I want to talk specifically about the wisdom, God's wisdom, the wisdom of the Spirit of God. 
What does that even look like? Because without the Spirit of God, without the wisdom of God, you automatically default to man's wisdom. And I've talked to so many people that said, I've been doing my life, my way, my whole life. And, and, and I go, how's that working for you? One guy said, well, I'm sitting here talking to you, aren't I? Meaning it ain't going well. Connections, relationships, even if everything on the outside looks fine, there's still a truth that we are born in sin in need of a savior. Some people fall before the Lord and have an emotional experience with salvation. Some people understand the logic behind it and goes, yeah, it would take more faith for me to remain an unbeliever than it would be to be a believer. Uh, you can see that from Lee Strobel, A Case for Christ. I have some videos in my office. Take them, I got five of them. And you, and you can see for yourself, some of it's just logical. Yeah, okay, I can see the, I can see the evidence that leads me towards that direction. So what is wisdom, Pastor? Let's get to it. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, and Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 1 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9, 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Beginning, the most important part, the chief part. The word here, the Hebrew word for beginning, is meaning like the most important part not just the start of it but the most important part of it is the fear of the lord this reverential awe that produces humble submission to a loving god is the fear of the lord we take that word fear and and we and we we look at that and we say well i'm not supposed to be afraid of god right i'm not supposed to run away from him there has to be an element a healthy element of fear when it comes to trust love respect revere honor all that wrapped up and here's why it's that reason why as a child when if you if you if you had a a, a good a, a mom and a dad that actually instilled some values into you and, and, and regardless of, of what it was going on, if they were coming down the hallway and you were doing something in your room, you knew you weren't supposed to be doing, reading something, looking at something, whatever, um, then you immediately just, and you just kind of, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Students, you do this at school when a teacher enters the classroom, everybody's messing around and they walk in and you're, hey. I was just sitting here ready to be educated, right? <laughs> There's a moment that just kind of like makes things a little bit more proper. It doesn't mean that when they walk in, you're afraid, like you're not terrified, but you have a level of respect and honor that you will now act, behave, move in your life a certain way out of reverence, out of respect, out of trust. We will oftentimes even give our parents and teachers and individuals here on earth more fear and more trust than we will do God. But if you're going to have wisdom, God's wisdom, the fear of the Lord, this idea of this reverential awe that produces humble submission to a loving God is this fear of the Lord. We're talking about a heart posture thing here. You don't sin because you have this moment that the teacher walked in and you just kind of like, something just reacted. It's this 
Classical conditioning in psychology is what you, would, what you would call it, is you're conditioned that as soon as you know that that presence is there, something changes. Why? Because, because you know there's the guardrails. There's the guardrails. And eventually, students and kids, your parents won't be around you every single minute, and you're going to have to have that fear of the Lord yourself that are those guardrails that when somebody says, hey, let's go do a thing, and you go, I'm not really sure. Listen to that. Listen to that fear of the Lord and, and allow yourself to say no. Practice your no muscle. Let's do it together. One, two, three. No, it's okay. Nobody died. I told somebody no yesterday, and she was so, it wasn't one of my kids, it was another kid. She was so upset at me. She stomped off. She went to her house and stomped in the driveway. And I said, Shelly, she does not know me. Because all that's doing is delaying a yes even more. And so, but when one of my kiddos saw, they went, ooh, no, we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> this isn't going to help your case, I'm telling you right now. This is not going to help your case. There's a healthy sense of awe and respect. When the time comes that correction needs to be done, I do it. We do it as a couple, as, as a marriage, uh, as, as parents to our children. And when the time comes, we overdo uh, the sitting and snuggling and reading and talking and, uh, and giggling and, and playing because it goes hand in hand. There's gonna be times when the Lord's gonna stand with you and kinda tease with you and, and maybe have a moment, a funny moment with you, and there's gonna be times where the, the Lord's gonna say, you ever have somebody do that to you? That's a scary moment when somebody that you respect and love and you don't wanna dishonor looks at you and all I can think about is how bad is this going to hurt, <laughs> right? And I know in our world today, pe people are afraid of discipline. People are afraid of discipline. We even get creative in ways of discipline. But I choose to trust the Lord in this, that we have to be corrected or else we never learn. I can't affirm your bad choices because then how, because what, what is repeated, what is rewarded is repeated, Discipline is okay. Learn how to do it well and learn how to do it in a holy way. The fear of the Lord keeps us from evil. Those are those guardrails. Those are those moments where you, where you think, should I do this thing? And you can picture your heavenly father, not in a mean way, but in a very stern way. Do you really wanna go down this road? You went down that road two years ago. Where are you at today? Oh, I'm still trying to make up for that too, or, or trying to recover from that moment. Yeah, so why would you add another moment here? That's what a loving heavenly father, a loving father, a loving parent does. You have a moment of conversation. Remember, I'm not trying to shame you with that memory. I'm trying to remind you with that memory. Hey, do you remember the last time that you jumped off the house? How'd that work? Broke my leg. You're still limping. Why are you getting back up there? Like it's those moments, right? You hurt yourself and it was a disaster. Why would you get yourself into another financial debacle? Why would you allow yourself to go down that direction again? Why would you try it just one more time? You know what you've dealt with. 
And so trusting that the spirit of God is in you, believer, not churchgoer, believer, follower, that you truly, authentically can say, I want that so bad, but I, I'm praying over it and the Lord is not leading me that direction, so my want is gonna have to wait. Isn't that good? Write that down. That just came out. My want, <laughs> my want is gonna have to wait because the Lord is not walking side by side with me on that. And you know, and that's one another muscle thing, another practice thing that you need to be, walk with little by little. So when you look at these two platforms, God's wisdom and man's wisdom, man's wisdom says follow your heart. God's wisdom says humble yourself before God. Man's wisdom says you can simply do whatever feels good. God's wisdom says you are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. Psalm 139 and Genesis 1. Don't discount how amazingly wonderful and fearfully you were made in the image of a loving God. Nothing about you, nothing about you has to change for God to love you. Just come to him exactly the way you are with all your thoughts and whatever's going on inside and present yourself to him and let him do whatever he chooses to do. Why? Because he knows, he, he loves you most, knows you best and keeps you around. He knows you best and loves you most. He created you, knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows your delicate workings even everything goes on up here he knows it and he's guiding it with wisdom so how if wisdom is the fear of the lord how do i walk in wisdom here's how ask the spirit for wisdom ask you don't have because you don't ask and when you align your heart with the heart of God and you talk to God and you ask spirit, please indwell me, fill me, guide me, ask for wisdom and he will give it to you who is gracious and generous and will just pour out wisdom to you. Be ready to receive wisdom. Wisdom doesn't automatically mean that you're gonna know everything and it's not gonna be for you to make money off of or for you to be like, look at me, I'm so wise. It's about you and your heavenly father and you doing life to the best. So ask the spirit for wisdom. The second thing is pause. When somebody comes up to you and it's probably me, but do you know those people that get really amped up and they try to talk to you real fast and they try to get you all excited and then you're just kind of like this? Just go like this, time out, and just pause. Don't make decisions because people talk fast. Don't make decisions because you want it right there, time out. Uh, Shelly and I did it just this week. We were trying to make a decision about something and we said, well, let's wait three days. Why? Well, because it's wise to do that. And this is one of those moments where mom always said, <laughs> mom always said, mom always said, wait three days. And if after three days you think it's still a good idea, go to the next step, move forward, whatever. And we waited a few days. And then we sat and we really thought through it to try to decide, is this a, is this a good thing? Is this a wise thing for us? We paused and we waited. Nobody should ever push you into a decision. If you feel pushed, let that be a reminder to back it up. Back it up and pause 
and just wait. So ask the Spirit for wisdom. Pause. Get yourself some breathing room, some processing time. Get wise mentors, people in your life that need to be speaking into you, that will just empower you and strengthen you with truth. Not what you want to hear, but truth. You want to go to the next level? Here's what it takes. You don't want to do it? Hey, that's your choice. But this is what it takes to go further. Get wise mentors in your life. Number four, practice. Practice being wise. Well, how do I do that? I don't know. Make a decision. See what happens. Evaluate it. Ooh, that was, that was really dumb. Okay, now we know. You don't do that. But you got to practice. Don't stop making decisions because you're afraid of making a wrong decision, right? So ask, get some advice, pause, talk to mentors, and then practice it. Let it out there and see, well, let's see what happens. And then evaluate from there. And the last thing that we all need to keep in mind, people of God, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Somebody say that with me. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You may go through some literal hell in the next few months, years. Don't you dare give up. Because the God that raised Jesus, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Don't you dare give up. Because our church family, us together, these crazy sitting around you, church people, God people, loving, and we're, we're going to come around you. We're going to pray for you. We want to encourage you. want to be a blessing to you. But you got to like... Let us know what you need. Let us know what's going on in your world. Let us know how we can come around you. Don't give up. <clears throat> I know you don't want to ask for help. Pride comes before destruction. And so if you're willing to sit on your own pride, just call it for what it is. I'm not calling you out. I'm just calling it for what it is. You're going to sit on your own pride. Then you're going to have to deal with the consequences. That's just what it is. Oh, you want, you want to do your own consequence? That's fine. You get, you get to decide that. Just call it for what it is. Don't call it a thing like, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to burden you. Actually, we're supposed to. The church, right, countercultural, bear one another's burdens. So it's, it's my responsibility as a follower of Jesus to come alongside you and care as deeply as you care about what's going on in your life. That's why we got to do this as a church family. Everybody comes to me and says, you need to care about everything going on here. Man, we need to spread the love on that. Everybody, we need, everybody needs to care about what's going on. That's why we have the prayer chains and things like that. But some things, you know, you just get a couple people around you, your mentors, and you lay, hey, Hey, maybe you can help me here, help me there. You understand, so many students are going to camp, and there's a couple that just had to reach out. And I'm sure there was moments that was just really hard for parents to say, hey, um, I'd like to send my kid to camp, but I just can't financially do it. And then as the church, we got to step up. We got to step up and send a young man to camp that wasn't coming with his family. He was coming with his buddies. And they parked their little bikes out there and those bike racks that Obi John made for us. And he's coming in here because, hey, this is where I need to be. And so then we pour blessing over their family. And the parents go, why would you do that? That's what the church does. So don't give up. Don't give up for a minute. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. 
The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on what the next thing is for you to do. Stay connected. Stay focused. Proverbs 1, Obi John, or, uh, Papa John, all these Johns in here. <clears throat> Obi John over here, Papa John, he's probably hanging out with the kids. Proverbs chapter 1 introduces all of Proverbs here. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. You know there's 31 Psalm, or Proverbs? Do you know our longest month? you know how many days are in our longest month? How about that? Isn't that crazy? I'm going to recommend you read one a day. And for those melancholy perfectionists that say, well, it only is 28 days in the month. What do I do? <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right. There is a right way of living. Yes, there is a just way of living and a fair way of living. These problems will give insight to the simple. That means the naive knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables, the, wor the, the words of the wise and their, and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. For the Lord gives wisdom. If you're making poor choice after poor choice after poor choice, it's because you're not seeking wisdom from the Lord. So let's stop doing that. And let's move forward with grace and truth and be the church of Jesus, the church that he came to die for and to raise to new life. Here's our next steps. All this talk about wisdom, what am I supposed to do with this? This week, what's one way you're going to pursue the Holy Spirit's wisdom? I gave you five. What's one of those five that you're going to do? Ask, pause, get mentors, practice, or simply go one more day. Don't give up. The choice is yours. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for wisdom. Thank you for guidance and discernment. Strengthen us today. Empower us. Fill us with your spirit of truth, authenticity, gentleness and love and patience god fill us in a new fill us afresh lord give us the wisdom we need to love you our god to love people and to make disciples in jesus name we all say amen, amen. stand with me receive the blessing of the lord as we head out here today Dads, come on downstairs with me. Men, come downstairs with me, and we're going to have a little treat for, for you guys down there. Uh, you'll enjoy it. It'll be a delight. Um, and it's never too early to have pulled pork. Now, <laughs> receive the blessing of the Lord as we head out here today. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Say it with me. Go and be the church.